Time to talk to another former Belleville Bull on the OHL podcast, and not just any Belleville Bull, a member of, still to this day, the city's and the franchise's only OHL championship, Justin Papineau. Hey, thanks very much for making time for us. No, thank you for having me out here. I was looking back at your draft year. You're a first-rounder to the Ontario Hockey League, so highly touted, but as an Ottawa boy, weren't you supposed to wear the barber poles and play with the 67s? Yeah, that's 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 where I end. I try to end up playing there, right? Uh, not going too far from home. And then uh, Belleville took a chance on, on the 11th pick, uh, you know, right before Ottawa, and said, "Hey, you know what? We're going to gamble." And uh, you know, it paid off. Paid off for you too, I guess. <laughs> yeah, definitely for sure. Right? It was a great four years there. Uh, you know, I can't. There's no regrets of not playing in Ottawa, right? Uh, half the time, half the people were either in Belleville or I was I was home playing here, right? So it wasn't a great division to be in. Uh, great travel. So, uh, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't ask for a better team. What was it like for you as an Ottawa kid going to the Quinty region and playing for the Belleville Bulls? You know, growing up in Ottawa, you're always in Toronto. You're always out that way anyways, with every tournament you're playing now, right. Uh, you know, with Ottawa Regent, uh, you know, you're always up there uh, playing against the top teams in Toronto. Right. So, you know, a little bit familiar with the area and, 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 and being out that way, so you know it. Uh, it wasn't that bad, right? A two-hour, two-hour and a half drive from Ottawa, which is, you know, my grandparents, my parents, are, you know, were there every, every Saturday for that Belleville Bulls home game, right? So again, it felt like I was playing at home, even though, uh, you know, it was just down the road. Larry Mavity is your first head coach in the Ontario Hockey League. That's quite a way to make an introduction to a new league. What was it like playing for Mav? Oh, it was, uh, it was great. It was the old school, not really used to that kind of maybe, you know, uh, you know, the, the swearing, the, 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 all the other stuff that came with it. Right. Or, you know, we would, we would lose a game or we'd be on a streak where we hadn't won a couple games and you, you wouldn't even come on the ice and be like, Hey guys, this is practice right now. And we didn't see a puck for an hour. Right. So, uh, you know, a little bit times have changed in those, in those eras. Right. But, uh, you know, a, a great coach, uh, you know, there for the guys and, uh, you know, a lot of respect for the guy. Did he help you develop as a player? Yeah, for sure, right? The old school mentality. And back then, you almost have to develop as a player, you know, on your own a little bit with some coaching guidance, right? Because it's almost like you, you were expected to know these, these things or, or or get there, right? And, you know, when you're when you're that young, you know, you're just trying to, to learn from your from your peers as well, right? And then learn the system and, and, and just get in, get your feet wet and, uh, you know, uh, go the best you can, right? I think that's such a great point on the peers, right? So who on your team helped you make that transition into the Ontario Hockey League? You know, that, like you know, there's some of the guys like Ryan Reddy, you know, James Boyd, you know, guys, leaders like that, that were there, uh, you know, the, in, in my time, you know, as, as, a, as a young player, right? Uh, you know, coming in and, and learning the ropes and respecting, you know, that, that time of ice or what you were going to get and you had to earn it, right? Because guys just weren't going to say, hey, you know what, you're the young guy here, you go play, take my spot, right? So, uh, you know, a little bit different, uh, you know, coming in the league back then than it would be, uh, you know, maybe coming in the league nowadays. I'm glad you brought up Boydie because his name showed up when I was, you know, looking up some of your former teammates, et cetera. And he became your assistant coach before you were done. So he's a teammate. And then in your last year, he was there behind the bench. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny how it goes, right? Uh, you know, you go from a play, from a player to a coach, right? So Again, again, 
you know, you look up to those guys and they, they've had a lot of, you know, uh, he had a great career, right? And now he's coaching the, you know, he's GM now of Ottawa 67s, right? So, you know, when you take that path, uh, you have to have a knack for it, right? And, you know, he's doing a great job in Ottawa in the last, you know, three, four years that he's been there. So it's been, uh, it's been nice. I've seen him around a couple of times and uh, get to shoot the shit with him a little bit, right? Same with Norm Millie that, you know, when I play with him in Europe, you know, and he's back here in Ottawa now too. So it's, uh, it's been nice to, you know, come all the way around, uh, you know, and, and, and see those guys again, right. That you haven't kind of connected with in a, in a while. You know, I, I, I was going to mention that and I'm not trying to kiss anybody's ass here, but what, what Boydie has done in Ottawa for my money, I mean, is a, an incredible accomplishment as a GM, uh, the drafting, the way the team has been consistently competitive, three, obviously OHL regular season titles in the past four years, I could go on, but obviously you're keeping connected and, and maybe you get a sense of how it is he's going about doing this. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 draft is your big thing, right? And keeping the core and, and getting the right players and the right coaches in the right spot, right? I, if it's not a team, it's not going to work, right? And I, I think, you know, from his, his, his experience playing and coaching down the road, I mean, that's something that he wants to build, right? When I, you know, like I talked to Norm and it's, you know, it's first class. They're bringing in kids. They, they got a program. They're, they're, they're doing what they need to do to win, right? And if they stick to it, uh, what works, like I said, right. Uh, you know, they fall short a bit, but, uh, you know, like you said, right. Three titles and then four years is pretty good, you know, uh, in any league. Right. So back to you, when you get to Belleville and you're playing for an old school coach, like Larry Mavity, you're mm-hmm. also playing in an arena that has different dimensions than other arenas in the Ontario hockey league. Did you have a distinct home ice advantage with the bulls? Did you feel? Oh, for sure. Right. I think if you were smart and you had a good skating team, you know, with that big ice surface and you were fast and you didn't have to be super big. Right. Uh, you know, we were, uh, you know, we, we, we had a, you know, we, we had Daniel Cleary and those guys that could skate and play and go right again. It, it's a bit to your advantage because you're coming in off a, off a big rink, right? You think you have time, but you don't right? the bigger rink guys. Yes, you do. Oh, the bigger rink, but it's further to get to the net. Right. So again, you know, things change. And when you're coming in as a, as a visiting team, it, it might take you a period or two, you know, to, just to get used to it. But once, once you're there, uh, you know, things seem to open up the ranks bigger and, uh, you know, uh, maybe not as, <laughs> as physical or trying to catch someone, you know, uh, in a smaller barn. Right. As a first round pick into the Ontario hockey league, obviously you come in with expectations. How did you deal with that pressure? You know, I, when you're that young, I, I don't know if I had any, expectations at that point right I was just trying to play and bring what I brought to the table right was was quickness speed uh you know playmaking right so trying to put that in and and just trying to adapt to the you know to older guys right and bigger guys I I had played you know tier two junior the year before with 21 year olds right so uh, was I coming in fresh from from playing bantam no right which you know kind of gave you that sense of I knew what to expect from physicality from from older players you know uh, I'm playing here in junior right so uh, you know adapting to what I did best right I had a few ups and downs that year and, and got hurt and uh, you know at that point uh, you know came back the next year uh, stronger than ever right having played tier two the year before did that make it less intimidating in the Ontario Hockey League because you were playing still in an era Justin where you know it wasn't uncommon to see fights in the game for sure. 
Oh, definitely. Right. Like getting, getting that junior experience, you know, that one year of junior and, 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 and playing that definitely, you know, gets you prepared, right. Where the guys are bigger, they're taking runs, there's fights, there's still cross checks, there's still hooking, slashing, right. Uh, you know, a little bit of a different era back then, right. Where there's no, you couldn't take the night off because, or, or you knew you were, it was going to be a run, you know, you knew you were going to get run or you were going to get hit. You, you were going to get that every night, day, day, day. Not to say that it's not the same now, it's just a little bit cleaner, right. When it comes to that, that game and, 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 the, and the openness and the, and the, and the skating now, right. Compared to, you know, to back then. From Mav, when you were a rookie to Lou Crawford as your coach in Belleville, and that's not only a name, the Crawford family that is hockey royalty in the city, but is that like kind of going from old school to slightly less old school when Lou takes over? For sure, right? Lou was a little bit more, you know, we had we had Fred Bornstruck and, and uh, coaching staff was a little bit different, right, than, than when we have Mav up there, right? So again, you know, that, that perspective of, that coaching staff and having a little bit more training and, and, and more set up and more, you know, this is the system and we're going to stick by it. Right. And I think that uh, kind of changed that team a little bit in our, in our third year, you know, with, with the players we had and, you know, we kind of fell short a little bit this the year before, uh, you know, uh, expectations were high and we didn't meet them. And then the next year we just, it just seemed to click after Christmas, uh, that year where, you know, Lou took over the, that was the second year and, and, and we learned from the first year and, and we, and we cleaned it up. You talk about just falling short and that would be the, the 98 season, 97, 98 and Plymouth knocks you out in the second round. And I wondered about that. Do you have to lose? Do you believe Justin in order to, to learn how to win maybe is the way to put it? Yeah. I mean, in, in anything, right you have to be able to learn from that mistake and not make it again. Right. And, 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 and to learn to adapt, you know, we knew that we had a team that, that could go push and we, we fell short and, you know, back to the drawing board the next year and brought in some different players. And, you know, we brought in another line of young guys and it, it just seemed to, to fit that time. Right. And it's like you say, it, it happens in, in every major sport, right? Like, uh, you know, this year the Boston Bruins are a favorite to win. They get knocked down in the first round, right? Next year, they might not be the first team overall and then come back and, and win a cup, right? It's just, you know, finding the, the right bounces and the right chemistry and, uh, you know, and putting it all on the line. So you mentioned that that championship season after you kind of learn from that loss the year before, it was after Christmas where things really started to come together. What gave you that feeling during that championship season? You know, it all kind of started a little bit with World Juniors. Didn't have a really World Junior camp. Got hurt a little bit. Kind of disappointed in myself and play. And and kind of saying, you know what, I can play at this level. I can do this, right? And, you know, with the team we had, we kind of, you know, it, it started to click and, and we started to gel. We, we were really close team from young guys to up, you know, to older guys to just meshing. Right. We always did things together. We we're always joking around and it just seemed to after Christmas kind of fall into place. And, and, and we just kind of, you know, rode the wave and, and it just, you know, right into playoffs where we said, Hey boys, like, like we can win this. Right. You know, we, we go in and, you know, we go in and beat a team four to one and we go in and, you know, we have to play Ottawa the next round. Uh, you know, we, I think we beat Sudbury that, that year at four and oh, and then we go in to play Ottawa and we went four one. Right. Now we're going back into, you know, Oshawa and we're like, hey, you know, like, let's do this. Like, we're here now. We're we're doing it. We're playing great hockey. And it, it just 
everything seemed to fall in our in, in our you know in our in our in our lap till till we have to play London, right? And we're up and we're up three one, right? And we're we're going home and you know a few things say in the paper and you know they come back and beat us and then we're going back to London again, right? So again, you know, it, it was an up and down playoff a little bit to that last, you know, that last series. And then uh, you know, we uh we needed to put it together for game seven which, uh, you know, we came out and said, boys, we, we've been gone, we've done this too far. And, you know, there wasn't really a pregame speech. It was write this for your family and put it on the board. And here we go. And and we went out and did it, right? Yeah, that was a, a whale of a final in 99 that captured that first championship for Belbo. I want to take half a step back, though. We'll come to this. But yeah. you, you talked about you know, maybe a disappointing start to your season personally. You led the Bulls in scoring that year, if I'm not mistaken. How much pressure did you put on yourself? What did you expect of yourself? I don't, like, you know, coming in off that that last season and losing a couple of guys that, that you know, you might be able to lean on a little bit more because you're not that guy yet, right? Where, you know, you're, those guys are doing those things and, you know, came back, like I said, you know, at the beginning of the year, I didn't play bad hockey I just didn't, didn't it didn't click as much as I'd like and then you know after that that thing it just it just a light bulb went off and I was like okay hey, look at this is is either you know this is what I need to do and I I, I kind of took it uh, you know personal after that and and I felt like I needed to put it together and it just you know we started playing good hockey we gelled as a team you know at Chichu uh ready uh, the line just kept clicking right and you know, when that guy's going, you know, put the puck on his stick and, uh, you know, he's going to score goals for you. Right. And, and like I said, the line, the line was great. It, there was some grit on it. There was some strongness There's some scoring again, that, that, that carried us into it. Right. And then, you know, you have your second line and your third line going and then, you know, we have the kid line, you know, going out there and, and, and contributing goals for us, you know, uh, come after that, like I said, after that Christmas, we, we really did a push. Right. And, and it seemed to, to pay off, um, you know, as a team, as a whole. Right. And I think that's what, what made us, you know, win that championship, not just one guy or two guys or three, you know, it was the whole team, uh, you know, pulling the rope the same way. Right. You nailed that playoff run when you described it a moment ago, you sweep Sudbury, you knock off Ottawa in five, you knock off Oshawa in five, and then you build that three, one lead in the final versus London. I mean, you guys are, cruising did did doubt creep in at any point after london wins game five in your barn you're going back to the ice house for game six was there any doubt in your mind by that point i wouldn't say there was doubt i said you know we blew a you know we were up three one and we kind of knew game seven you know uh you know i I look over to you know chichu in the dressing room i said but we're not losing this game no matter what right i said we're gonna go out there you know and and we're gonna put all on the line right and it's just he went out there and had a game of his life. Right. And, and, you know, anything that guy did in that game seven, you couldn't stop him. Right. He was on a mission, give him the puck and let him go. Right. And and we knew, you know, when we scored that first goal, there was no way we were losing that hockey game. Right. You can feel it in the barn. There's probably 3000 more people that should have been in that rink that day. Right. You know, people standing, people everywhere. Right. So, you know, once that goal went in, it was like, here we go, right? You can just feel it. You can give you goosebumps talking about it, you know, on the bench that we knew once we 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 came out flying, we weren't we weren't losing that seven that game seven. There has been a lot of talk over the years, including in the documentary that was made on the anniversary of that Bulls championship, about 
Coach Crawford before that game seven, asking you all, and you alluded to it earlier, to write the initials of of someone that mattered to you that you wanted to win that game seven for. Yeah. Whose initials did you write down? I wrote without my parents. You know, they've been a big supporter ever since, uh, you know, I started this this journey as a kid, right? Uh, you know, the time at the rink, and, and, you know, making ends meet for my parents, right? They, you know, they're they didn't come from a whole lot. So everything we did, you know, had to, to be hockey and nothing else. Right. We did a little bit of school sports and stuff like that, but you know, no skiing, no nothing. And it was just, Hey, you know, if we're going to do this, you know, with two other kids, uh, you know, at, at those times, right. You know, buying a house at 17%, right. <laughs> we weren't doing a whole lot of extra stuff. Right. So again, you know, I wrote my parents down that day and my family and said, you know what, it's for them. Right. Cause you know, they're, they're up there every weekend, right. From my grandparents to, to cousins, to aunts who, who came pretty much, you know, there was, I bet you it wasn't a game in my four years that someone wasn't there from Ottawa. You won big in that final game, nine to two. And as you mentioned, you know, Chichu was not going to let the team lose. You guys were buzzing. What's it like in that arena when obviously you're, you're drumming these guys, you know, it's over. Like does the final five minutes take five hours or feel like it to you? Cause it's, you know, it's right there for the taking. Uh, for sure. Right. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's going quicker than you think, right. When you're, when you're maybe three, two or four, two, and you're like, Oh, it's nine, two now. Right. And we're buzzing. We know this is coming right. No matter what, like the last five minutes, it, like I said, it does seem forever, but for us, we knew it. We were already, there was no way we were going to, they were coming back. Right. So, you know, coming in that third period and in your mid three period, you're like, Hey, like there's no way they're scoring seven. Right. And now, you know, the team's buzzing, boys are going and we were just having fun. Right. And that was kind of the thing, like we were going to go out there and and leave it all on the line and have fun. And that was the, the thing. The theme is just, you know, go out there and do what we needed to do to win and, and, and have fun doing it. Right. And, and that's exactly what we did in game seven. I respect you, Justin, for giving the credit that you've given to Cheech for his performance. But we have to just let these numbers sink in for a moment. 21 goals and 51 points in 21 games. Those were your numbers in that playoff when you won the Wayne Gretzky 99 award. 51 mm-hmm. points in 21 games, even in modern day. That's bananas. What what was that playoff like for you? Everything you touched just went in? Yeah, it was one of those things, right, where, you know, like I said, like it was it was to prove that – I could be the best player in that league, right? Uh, you know, in 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 that year, right? In that in that moment, right? It, it, like I said, it, it was hard work and dedication. And like I said, with those two guys on my line, it, it it is what it was, right? But you know, there's times where I, you know, we're doing things on our own and 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 getting things done, right? And I, like I said, like you know, to score 21 and 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 every game to score, you know. Uh, you know, to get a goal a game, you know, not every game I scored, you know, a goal, but I got something going, right? And once it started, you know, with the power play or the PK or, or, or even strength, right? We, that year was just a year that seemed to be, a, you know, a, everything I, like I said, everything I did touch, it seemed to just go my way, right? From from plays to moves to, to everything that we done in that playoff. If you watch the rounds uh, and you watch the games, right? We were, we were a wrecking ball. We weren't, we weren't going to be stopped. Right. So I'm sure you had no idea at the time, 
but I heard the story recently and I, I had to chuckle. I'm sure you can laugh about it now too, but you get named that playoff MVP. There's David Branch on the ice at the Yardman Arena calling out your name. And they the league had, had just created this 99 award because Gretzky had just retired. But but what they gave you as the award that night in the arena, Justin, was was nothing compared to the actual award. It could have been something that maybe they gave to a, you know, a peewee hockey team when you're eight years old or something. What did you, what were you thinking when they handed over that plaque to you? You know what, at, at that point, it was just the team and, and, the, and the feeling of winning that, that thing, giving me, you could have given me a piece of paper at that point. And it, it wasn't, it wasn't that, that, that it was winning the trophy. It was winning it and heading to Memorial cup was our goal. Right. And, and yes, the award is the award. Right. And, and I get to, you know, like I said, like, I don't think I've ever seen that trophy till we did the Bulls documentary, right, where they brought it to, to the house. And like, hey, we're bringing the trophy here. And, you know, they gave me a plaque and said, thank you, you know, and it, it, it never really crossed my mind, right, uh, you know, as you as you chuckle back and say, hey, you know, and the kids are like that, you won this award. And I'm like, yeah, I, I you know, and, th- and then, you know, you go three, four years back, you know, well, a little bit more than that when McDavid's playing his OHL title and his 49, and now I'm getting – you know, it's on TSN and guys are calling me like, you You never told me this. I said, yeah, but it, it wasn't broadcast on the internet. And yes, that, that was my point. Did I know I had the, 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 the record? Maybe a little bit, but would I go out and talk about it? Probably not until now. You know, my buddies are like, well, you never told us that. You never, I said, well, yeah, but it's, there, there wasn't no Google. And it wasn't no, you know, things like that back in the day as much as there are now. And everything's about stats and numbers and this and that. So you know, when we go back and laugh at it, right? You know, you know, you're you're a little bit, uh, you know, uh, you know, take a bit of pride when when McDavid's there and he's trying to do it and, and and beat it, right? Which is probably one of the greatest, you know, going to be of this era right now, right? And you know, you you can't touch him on the ice, and it's 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 nice to just be ahead of him by a couple points, right? So it's <laughs> kind of funny, right? So you know, it's my claim to fame. You do not have a 51 in 21 tattoo, then, is what you're saying? No, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> what What were you thinking when you saw that trophy for the first time, which came so much later? Yeah, it just it just brought back all the memories, right? When you're sitting there chatting about that year, and and, and you look back, and then you see it, and you see the names that are on it, right? You, there's a lot of you know great players on that trophy, right? So. It, you know, it, it, it's a tough trophy to win. Uh, you know, I, it was an honor to, to have done it uh, as the first player in 99 with, you know, uh, Wayne Gretzky playing, you know, wearing number 99. So it's kind of all fallen into place, you know. Um, and that's and that's where it stands, right? So, uh, you know, r- records are, are, are made to be broken and maybe someday someone will do it, right? And then, you know, they'll have the title and they'll be able to uh, to talk about it, right? Yeah, I was yeah, thinking I was of that thinking very, that very saying. Uh, records are made to be broken, but if if McDavid can't do it, I mean, maybe nobody can. Yeah, I mean, like you said, right? It, 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 always something will come up at one point, and and if someone does great for them, because that's a hell of a hockey player, hell of a year that that player is going to have in a playoff run in this in this day. Uh, in this era, right? Uh, you know, if, if they can play it and do it and, and have it, you know, great for them. You know, tip my hat and, and have a beer for them or a shot, and you know, and and that'll be the end of that, right? Okay, so okay, you win so the, you OHL win the OHL championship, OHL and it's and off to the Memorial, Memorial Cup, Cup, and it, it is in it all, is places, places, all places your hometown, hometown of, Ottawa. of Ottawa. What was that, what experience, was that experience like for you in '99? 
you know, it, you know, that, that kind of, you know, give it a little bit more of a, you know, a meaning to win that year. Right. Just knowing that you're coming back to Ottawa. Right. And, you know, uh, what are the odds of that happening? You know, we did it right. And come back to Memorial cup and, you know, uh, Ottawa was lovely to put us in a great hotel. Right. Uh, you know, with uh, construction and that, because that's what Ottawa does. Right. But, you know, it is part of the game and part of the thing, but uh, you know, we, uh, you know, we were pretty banged up, uh, you know, playing that series against London in, in the playoffs, uh, you know, uh, not time to rest, to lose a, lose a, you know, a 40, a 40 goal scorer like Kevin Baker in the playoffs. And then, you know, second game in, you lose Chichu uh, with a knee injury. Right. So now you're down to just, you know, you're down a couple of players and, and now you're pulling a lot of load. Right. So I, I think we just ran out of steam that year, uh, you know, came back to beat Ottawa in that, that one game and, you know, they came back and beat us in that, that semifinal game to go to the finals, right? So, again, I, I just, you know, could have we have done a bit better if we were healthier? For sure we could have, right? But, like I said, it's no excuse. But, uh, you know, uh, there's a few things that played out in, in not in our favor, and, and we gave it away. We left everything we possibly could on that ice in game in the semis against Ottawa, and we came up short. Coming back Coming to beat back them, to beat them just prior to that semifinal game, double overtime. What do you remember of the fourth intermission after the first OT? Like I said, right, we were down that game and we, we fought back to tie it, right? And and we knew that, you know, this is do or die, right, for us. And, and we needed to to come out with a win, right? And we, like I said, it was that, that it's that push. And I think we just ran out of luck <laughs> in the next game and, 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 and we gave it all we had, right. It was a, it was a great fought game and, you know, you could look back and say, Hey, that was our final game. Right. Uh, at that point where we had everything we could. And then like, again, they go the next day and, you know, they come up big and they beat us. Right. So, uh, you know, you, you, maybe in another best of seven series, we beat them again. <laughs> sure. But, you know, Memorial Cup's a one-game game, and, and, and again, it came down to that. And we just, like I said, we, we left everything we possibly could, uh, you know, on the ice, and we knew it. Uh, we just we just fell short. You know, <laughs> I'd kind of forgotten about those hotel arrangements and that Memorial Cup. We had Jack Miller on this podcast 100 years ago, and he, he talked about that a little bit. There were some shenanigans going on, weren't there? Oh, everything they possibly could do, you know, to, to make us – you know, not comfortable. They did. Well, they say, oh, this is, they put us in the Talisman Hotel out of all the hotels that could have put us in right down a travel lodge that was under construction. You know, they, they gave us a, you know, they gave us the awful room. You know, we were always, you know, they knew it too, right? So again, uh, you know, they, they, you know, they, I, I felt, you know, it could have been a little bit better, but it is what it is. And, and you, you fight through that adversity and, you know, like I said, in those in those, that game, we we came back and beat them, and they beat us the next game, right? So it's a 50-50, and, uh, you know, like I said, we have no regrets of that. Would we have loved to have won it? For sure, like everybody does, right? But, you know, winning that title that year and, and not getting a bye, you know, was our championship, right? Lots of guys Lots we've of talked to who have won championships talk about how close-knit those championship teams are. How tight are you still with the guys you play with? Oh, definitely, right? Like, you know, uh, it's definitely, you know, from guys that I played with from, you know, Randy Rowe and Renzi. And, you know, we came back to golf last year with with Newberry and those guys, right? So, you know, Silverstone, some of those guys, you know, like uh, Chicho, I haven't been much contact with, right? Uh, 
but you know, for most part, you know, a lot of those guys are still in contact, right? Uh, you know, Chris Stanley's over in 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 Europe coaching, right? Uh, the last time I checked, right? So again, like, uh, you know, we we always follow each other and 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 chat, right? Uh, I chat a lot with Randy, Randy Rowe, and uh, you know, Ryan Reddy's up up that way too. So it, it, you know, I probably cross paths over in Europe too. So it's it's been great, right? It's uh, you know, it's tough to keep track with everyone with with such a busy life and and with kids and and everything else in this world, right? It's uh, you know, but uh, when we do get together and we do chat, uh, you know, we do we do talk about the old times, right? Okay, so speaking of kids, what's it like for you going back to Belgium to watch the Charging Bulls documentary at the Empire Theater with your kids sitting there with you? What's what are those? Well, it's just a proud father moment, right? Of all that stuff that you build up to. Right. And, and, and make a push and, 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 you know, and make a push in the NHL and, and be that, you know, to be that player or that that dad to be like, hey, you know what, I did make it there. I, you know, I did play a short stint in it. Right. But, you know, there are not too many play people in this world that can say they play in the NHL. Right. And, and and in an era that was a little bit different than today's game. Right. Uh, you know, a lot more skill, a lot more, you know, uh, players like myself making it uh, and having great careers doing it. Right where back in the day, yeah, I'm not saying there's, there weren't great hockey players back then. There were a lot of them, right. But a lot, a lot different style uh, than today's game. They put the C on you for your final year. What did that mean to you? You know what it meant, it meant a lot, right. Uh, you know, following the captaincies uh, of great players there, right. Uh, you know, the, with Ryan Reddy being there, that's a big shoes to fill, right. Uh, the year after, right. And, and the guys before that. So, you know, uh, taking that honor and, and being able to to wear it with pride and, and to lead, you know, the, the team to a playoffs that year again, right, with, you know, with with a different team and a little bit different, right? So, uh, you know, it, it, it was an honor and, it, you know, I, I took it, you know, personal to be, to be the best leader I could be that year. We talked earlier about records were made to be broken, but 51 and 21, might never be the one championship in Belleville Bulls history. And now, I mean, who knows that might last forever because there are no more Belleville Bulls. How sad does that make you? You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit saddening that, that they weren't able to keep that team there. Uh, you know, you never know what happens down the, down in the past, right. Uh, in the future, right. You never know what, what could come back there. I know the city's, uh, you know, adamant at getting a team back at one point. You know, lots of talks, uh, you know, right now the the Sens are there. So, you know, they've done a great job. Uh, you know, it's it's not the same as, as an OHL team, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of support there. A lot of people like to go watch the game. So, you know, even though there's no OHL, there's, there's a, you know, uh, an American League team, which is great. Uh, um, but, you know, it's a little sad that, uh, you know, it, it kind of died off when you kind of look back with your kids and you go there and you're not – there's no more bulls, right? And uh, you know, to, to to share that with your own kids, uh, you know, or your son or daughter who's playing hockey nowadays, right? Um, where they both play, where they would have been nice to go back and hey, you know, this is where I played, and this was our dressing room, right? So, a little bit different. Uh, it's a little sad. You talk about that chance that everybody gets to say they played in the National Hockey League. For you, it was originally drafted by the Kings and yeah. ultimately going to St. Louis in the third. Why didn't you go to LA? I don't know. It just, just things. We were a little bit far apart on, on certain things. Uh, you know, maybe looking back, 
Do I do it or do I not? Do I regret? No. Do I have a great career? Sure. I got a great wife, you know, I got two great kids. Would I change it? No. Did I go play in Europe? Sure. Right? Did I do the things I wanted to do in life? For sure I did, right? You know, I can sit here and nod and hoot and this and that and, and for what? Right? Uh, like I said, right? Uh, things happen for a reason. Maybe it wasn't just for me to play a 10-year career. Maybe it was for me to just play and go on and do different things in life, right? And, you know, I have no regrets on anything that transpired over my career or decisions I made, right? Um, I chose to do it. It's It was my decision uh, to go back in the draft uh, to prove myself, to go to St. Louis uh, and and go there with no contract, uh, you know, until I, I showed up in training camp in the American League and, and bought myself a contract by playing myself onto a team, right? So that's where it stood and, and, and there's things that I did or decisions that I made that I got to live with. And like I said, I have no regrets on the decisions I made as a hockey player or the morals that I stood for, uh, uh, you know, in life. And, and, you know, it's brought me to today uh, and to where I am. And, and, you know, I have a great job. My wife has a great job. We have great kids, you know, uh, everybody's healthy. and, And that's what matters to me. You played for Joel Quenville in St. Louis, who, of course, would go on to be almost a master in the way he was winning Stanley Cup with Chicago. Did you have an inkling of it even then that this guy was destined for NHL coaching greatness? You know, I, I spent a little stint up there with him, right? Uh, you know, I spent a lot of time with my kitchen assistant coach, uh, you know, as a as a player, uh, you know, kind of up and down until I got traded, right? Um, you know, I didn't really see him much as a coach. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, when he did talk, you, you listened and, and there was a lot of, you know, um, you know, great communication and, and, and stuff like that as a player to, to get better. And, and, you know, and then he goes on and wins a bunch of cups. Right. Which is which is great for him. And, you know, uh, doing a good job with some assistant coaches that really, you know, helped him, you know, become the coach he is. Right. Like I always say, you know, you're never a great coach without the people you surround yourself with. Right. So, you know, it's not a, it's a, it's a coaching staff. And I feel like the coaching staff that he had did a great job with him. What was your first NHL game? My first NHL game? Uh, Edmonton. I think we played in Edmonton. Was I there? Yes. I think I I played in St. Louis against Edmonton. If I can recall, this is going back now. Geez, you're catching me off guard here. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things where it, it's almost there's so much emotion going into it that when it actually happens, you might have to take a moment to you know, reflect back on the moment that it was. Yeah, for sure, right? Like you get into that game and, and you get out there and the things are you're nervous and you're playing on a top line and you're, you haven't really played a whole lot or, or been up there with much, right? So when you get out there, you know, it's a little bit different than it. You know, everybody seems to be fine now with the younger players and that, but you get out there and there's there's, you know, there's, not six other rookies with you, right? There is none, right? There's just you, right? And, you know, you get that odd guy and you get these guys who have played 15 years and 17 years yelling down at the bench at you. It's kind of like, oh, oh here we go, right? But, uh, you know, it, it was a great experience and I wouldn't change it for the world. 
how did you know it was time or what led to the decision to head for you? You know, I had suffered a few injuries and I just, you know, was up in New Jersey, proved myself again, was supposed to go up and play with New Jersey that year. You know, Lou called me in the summer to sign there and it was a great decision for me. And I just broken an ankle again. Kid was just being born and no six, you know, six months without putting any pressure on that, on that leg. And, uh, you know, I, I just told my wife, I said, you know what, I'm, I'm getting tired of, of, of the, of getting <laughs> beat on. Right. Like it seemed to be like, you know, I'd get there and then something, you know, would, would, would crush me or I'd, I'd get hit or, you know, and, and I said to her, I said, you know what, like a, a bunch of my buddies had, had gone there the year before. And I I'd thought about going the year before. And I said, you know what, it, I, I've done it. I've proved myself. I feel like this is the new, you know, this is the way I'm going, right? This is where I feel is is going to take me, right? Um, and I told my wife, I said, this is, I'm done. I'm tired. You know, I, this is the third year in, in three years where I had suffered injuries with a shoulder, then a shoulder again, surgery, and, and then come back and, and prove myself again. And then to, to fall short again, and to not, and you know, have to go back down and, and prove myself again to get called up. I just said, like, I'm kind of tired and and, and uh, of that situation. And I told her, I said, let's go and and wherever this takes us, takes us, right? And we end up going to Switzerland and and from Switzerland to to Germany and you know uh, a bad injury uh, in 2010, um, you know, uh, put me on the sidelines uh, forever, right? So. Uh, uh, but I don't regret any of that decision of going to Europe. Uh, you know, I met some great people down there, uh, friends that we still chat with, uh, you know, in those journeys we had. And like I said, you know, my kids probably seen more countries <laughs> than, than most people have. Right. So uh, it was a great experience and a lot of fun. Yeah. How are you feeling today? I mean, ankle, shoulder, I think the bad injury in 10 was back, wasn't it? How are they all bones today, My back is always sore. Uh, you know, a replacement vertebrae and a couple of discs uh, with a titanium one. Shoulder has been redone, the knee, the ankle. You know, uh, it's not fun when days go from minus 40 to plus 20, but, uh, you know, those winter days. But again, uh Pain is pain. Uh, I try to live through it for now. Uh, but again, you know what I mean? I, I still get out. I play my my once a week hockey with my brace and and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I get out golfing, you know, uh, here and there, depending on on how I feel. But, you know, for most days, I'm, it's not too bad. But, uh, you know, like I said, the, the last injury kind of kind of really put a toll on, on my body, uh, like physically, where I'm in a lot of pain. Uh, numbness in the arm and numbness in the shoulder and neck and bulging disc there. So, uh, you know, compensated over in Europe for it. But at the end of it, uh, that's part of the game. Uh, I can walk, uh, you know, uh, and that's what matters, right? You know, you wouldn't get minus 40 as much if you just got the hell out of all I could. Yes, I, I could. My wife's been like, ah, we should go to Kelowna and go places where it's a little bit warmer, right? But like I said, right, we established here, uh, you know, you know, 10 years ago and, and things are great, right? But, uh, you know, maybe when the kids are older, we uh, we head down south or something, right? And, uh, you know, have two places or whatever. But at this point, uh, you know, uh, works great, uh, you know, 
wife's got a great job and, and, and as a school teacher, right? And, and she loves it. So, you know, to pack up and go just because of my achy bones, mm, eh. <laughs> you know, it might not go over well with, with, with the rest of it, right? But, uh, you know, there, there are some stuff I can take that, that help, right? But like I said, uh, uh, ever since a kid, you, you kind of tolerance of pain is, is up there because every game you're, you're, you're aching or you're sore or someone slashed you, right? So again, uh, you know, it's not something that, uh, that bugs me on a regular basis. Ottawa is, I'm just picking on it just a little bit because it gets to the end of Oh, it does. It does, right? But, we, you know, we've been lucky, uh, you know, the last, like I said, the last 10 years, it hasn't been that that cold as I remember when I was probably, you know, 10, 11 years old, right, where it was, was minus 40 for weeks at a time where we might get minus, you know, 30 now and it won't last very long, right? I was thinking what you were talking about when you got tired in the NHL slash AHL, the up and the down, the grind. And, and I don't think we appreciate that enough sometimes, Justin, that the mental grind, that is part of that. And really what you were experiencing, I would say firsthand is the business side of this game, weren't you? Oh, definitely. Right. You, 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 you look at some players and they're getting chances and opportunities. And, and, and again, uh, you know, there's things in my game I could have, probably fixed or been better at uh, in that day and age. Uh, and it just wasn't, you know, as it was today with, you know, figuring out, uh, you know, defensive play and offense and this and that and being an all round player. Right. I kind of figured that out a little bit later in my career, probably, you know, when I decided to go over in Europe and, and play a different, different game, which I don't think I figured out early enough. And, you know, like I said, with some injuries and, and this, you know, the mental part of it going up, down, ending up in this city or trading or going here or, you know, where am I ne- going to play next year, right? Uh, people don't see the side of that, right? Oh, it's great, glory, and, the you know, the 10 15% of the top players is great, right? But, you know, when you're when you're up and down and over and on waivers and up, it, it, it takes a toll mentally, right? And maybe my body was physically tired, but I was also mentally to the point where I was like, you know what, how much more do I grind this out and how much more beating do I take in today's game and, you know, in that day and that day and age and game and, and, and put my body in the line, you know, to, to do what, what I love at the end of the day. Uh, you know, like I said, uh, I made that decision based on it was time to go and it was time to go to Europe with another, you know, another plan and, and, and say, Hey, you know what, we're going to be here. And, like I said, right, without my injury, what have I played another seven, eight years and probably in Europe? Most likely, yeah, right? I, I, I get hurt at 30, uh, you know, forced to retire. Docs come in and say, you know, you know, you need major surgery. If not, you're paralyzed. Uh, you know, you make that decision in a hurry. And, and that's when we decided to, to hang it up and say, hey, you know what? Here's another journey and here's another curveball. And uh, like I said, if it was all, you know, roses and this and that, and we, I'd all be, I'd be playing in the NHL for 20 years. Right. But you know, it isn't, and, and there's been some curveballs, and we've adapted as a family. And like I said, you know, uh, we, we, we ended up, I ended up buying a cottage and the kids like fishing and, you know, we've been all over the place. So uh, it's been a fantastic career, um, you know, ever since I started playing in the OHL. Right. So, uh, you know, the people I've met, the people I've connected with, uh, I have nothing bad to say about my experience. How did the injury happen? 
Well, I was actually playing with Nathan Robinson, which I did play with back at the Bulls over in Mannheim. And we were on a two-on-one and uh, he went to do like a fake shot pass and the defenseman slid down and caught the end of my foot. Uh, I tried to open up to get it because the puck kind of went back towards, uh, like instead of coming to my forehand, it was going to my back. And as I turned, he clipped my foot and knocked me backwards into the boards, you know, at full speed, probably, uh, you know, seven eight feet so as i as i hit the boards i it's a pressure fracture uh, lower body you know upper body crushed like an accordion and and it just you know that was it right i couldn't feel and you know i spent a lot of time in the hospital uh, at the beginning right went nine weeks with a broken back uh with a brace and they said yeah you're going to be able to come back playing and uh, you know it's going to heal itself and uh, you know here you go right uh you know i get a phone call uh, go in for my regular checkup, you know, and uh, go see that doctor. And he's like, oh, you need to go see some specialists somewhere else. And I'll go see the specialists. And they're like, oh, you need to have a sit, right? You have to have, a, you can sit down for a second. I need to talk to you. And I said, well, sitting down is not very good news. And he's like, well, you you have no, it's, it hasn't healed. You need to have emergency surgery. If not, there's only like this much of your bone holding you together. If I would have just slipped in the fridge and grabbed milk, I could have paralyzed right there. Right. So, and I had started training a little bit, you know, with my brace on running on mats that were soft, you know, to, to get back in the game, you know, after seven, eight weeks, it could have been a lot worse than it was. Right. So, you know, I go in on, on December 21st and I spent till, you know, January 31st, uh, in the hospital. And, uh, you know, we, my family and my daughter and I, uh, my wife spent Christmas in the hospital, you know, in pretty bad shape, right. Uh, with that surgery. And it, it's a, not a, it's not a, easy surgery right uh it's 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 a very complicated surgery on your with 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 a spine right that's right there so um i had great care uh you know uh, daniel hop in manheim and, and the doctors there and, and the staff and, the, and them put me in with the right doctors and uh, you know i got a great surgeon dr Moschke in, in germany is phenomenal one of the head surgeons there on back and fixed me up right so uh you know, in, in some good luck, uh, you know, in some bad luck, I've had some, you know, some good luck that I'm still able to move, walk and, and be able to, you know, to, to do the things that, that I normally did on a daily basis, right? I can't imagine how scary, if not outright terrifying, that would have been when you hit the boards and you can't feel anything in that moment. Do you remember what was going through your mind in that moment after you run into the boards and you realize I can't get up right now? Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty scary, right? The only thing that I, that, that, that kind of kept me sane is I could move my toes, right? But I couldn't feel, you know, from my knees to kind of my chest because it was so painful, right? And it, it had, it had fractured almost right through, right? At the time, do you know it? No, right? But you're like, uh-oh, you know, and, and I went to the doctors and I get x-rays and that and they're like, well, you know, you have an old injury, it's swollen, we can't see, you know, I get put in a brace, drive, you know, back to Mannheim and go see the doctors. And then they say, hey, you got a broken back. Right. And, uh, you know, the next day when it all clears up. Right. So, you know, uh, it, it took me about two hours to pee before I can actually get out of the fucking hospital. Right. So, you know, I'm sitting there. It's like four to five in the morning. Right. And now I'm like, they're like, well, if you can walk out of here and you can go to the washroom, you can leave. And I'm like, OK, well, it's like five in the morning. I'm in a different city. You know, I'm with with our team trainer and and then and a driver, right? And they're like, uh, I said, look at, just put me in the car. Uh, let's get out of here and, and we'll, we'll deal. So I walked out of there with a broken back, uh, find myself, 
the next day in the hospital, my wife met me at the at the at the house and made sure I got okay. And then we we left that morning to to go see another doctor and our our team doctor and specialist and and then got that assessed and made all the precautions to put me in a brace and make sure it was all the way to my neck, kind of like a kind of like a motorcycle thing goes all the way around you with like, like rollerblades, click, 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 and then you tighten it up, goes underneath your neck and it holds your back together. Right. So it's a uh, quite complex uh, brace I had to wear for, like I said, you know, seven, eight weeks until I had to go in and get a major surgery. Right. So um, like I said, right. Uh, you know, I'm grateful for the staff that, uh, you know, and the, that people that were able to get me on the stretcher and make sure that I, you know, I, I didn't uh, uh, become paralyzed. Right. It sounds in some ways, at least to me, like you're, you're almost living a whole second life right now after coming through that. Like I said, right. Like, like I said, I, I, I feel great, uh, you know, except for the pain, which is normal because it's not, it's not, it's foreign objects inside there. Right. But like I said, right. We, 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 we made the decision to come home. We, we went through some stuff. Uh, you know, Germany is great for that. Uh, they, they put me back through school. So I was able to go back and get a college degree. Uh, after that, I stayed home for a few years. Uh, my wife went to teacher's college, got her, her degree uh, and, uh, you know, started teaching. And then uh, a good friend of mine uh, <clears throat> who I um, who used to who came to watch my first playoff game in the NHL and all that. Uh, so I asked him, I said, is there anything you can I can do at the at the Ford dealership? And he's like, well, you know, we can make you an unrolled salesman, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the, the owner is a young guy and he's like, ah do we take a chance on this guy? And, uh, you know, now it's, it's been six years and, uh, you know, it, it's been a great experience. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, um, uh, things that I do at the dealership that, you know, that I've, that I've worked so hard that, you know, that I understand that, you know, there, it's a team just like any other hockey team at Sterling Ford, right. We're, we're a team, we're a small team and it, it's been a great experience. And, you know, I've won a bunch of awards there from Ford. Uh, I'm grateful to be there. So true story. And again, I'll say, I'm not just trying to kiss ass. My very first car was a Mustang. So when I want my next one, I'm coming to see you, Paps. For sure. You can. I'll set you all up. Don't worry. You know, a lot of guys from Toronto that I played with that are calling me now. Right. So like I said, the hockey world is, is such a small world. Right. And, you know, like I said, you never burn a bridge because you never know who's coming, you know, who you're ever going to run into years later. Right. And yeah, you know, like I, like I ran into a good buddy of mine, Rico Fada. Right. And, you know, we're playing girls hockey. I look over and, and he's the coach, the coach team that my daughter is going to play against. Right. So, you know, it, it, you never know. Right. Uh, you know, again, Derek McKenzie, uh, you know, is coach said rules. Uh, our sons played hockey together this weekend. Right. So, again, you, you, you never know who's who's going to be there. Right. <laughs> and uh, who are you going to run into down the road? Right. So it's always tell my kids to be respectful because, like I said, the world's too small uh to to be to be an ass right so um you know that was one of the things that uh you know i keep putting through their head the injury and and the way it ended for you notwithstanding how was the hockey in europe how did you enjoy the style of play the game you know you know what it was great right we're playing olympic size rinks uh you know all the guys that you know that i played in europe that i played in the o and the american league they're there too, right? So, you know, guys, I played in Bridgeport, uh, Rob Collins, uh, you know, uh, Dan McGillis, a guy I played with, uh, Dan McGillis, who's played a bunch of years in HL. He's there, Fred Brathway. There's a bunch of guys. So you you, you kind of have fun with that, right? And 
you know, it, it's great. Like the, it's like going to a soccer game in Europe and you're at a hockey game and they're cheering and there's a whole section and they, they, they want you to come out after the game and, and do all kinds of stuff that the dances that you learn over the year. Right. So again, it, it, when you get to those opportunities to play in some really great cities, uh, you know, the fans are, are right behind you. They're cheering. Uh, you know, they love their hockey there. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't change it for the world, uh, making that decision on going there and, and having that experience and having the breaks and having a lot of family time. And, and like I said, uh, you know, I wouldn't change it. And, and the experience was amazing, right? Uh, from the hockey perspective, uh, a lot of great hockey players. You know, in Germany, there's 10 imports. So a lot more of Americans, North Americans, Russians, you know, uh, Europeans that are able to come and, and play, right? So um, I liked my time in Germany, uh, and so did my wife. You've stayed in the game. I mean, you talk about your daughter and son playing. When I found you for this podcast, I found you as Coach Pap. So you're uh, you're still wearing a whistle and keeping involved. Yeah, definitely right. I coached last year U18 AA, and this year I decided I'd I'd, uh, I'd step back a little bit. Uh, you know, my daughter's last year of hockey, probably. Uh, and then she's going to, to university and my little guy's kind of coming up the ropes now at U12, right? Playing AAA. So, you know, uh, staying in the game, uh, you know, helping out uh, spring team as a, as a, as a skill coach uh, with them, uh, you know, working those, you know, power plays and PKs and, 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 and watching over the game and feeding back to the coaches. Right. So, you know, uh, I like being involved uh, in that uh, perspective, um in in seeing the game and reading the game and 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 playing a chess game against you know the next coach against you right and how you're going to shut him down and what is he doing and and what plays are he's doing and and that's things that you know I learned maybe later in my hockey career as a player as 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 finding that whole overall game from defensive play to offense to pp to pk of of learning every position uh, uh, to be able to, to, to pass that on to, to the, you know, to the girls I coached or, or to the boys I coached, right. Um, as being an all around player and not just, Hey, I can go score goals. Yeah. Well, if you can't play in your own end mid to the days, it doesn't help. Right. And if you're not an all rounded player, uh, something that I wish I was a little bit better as a younger kid and not just, Hey, that kid that can go score, you know, uh, you know, 50 goals or whatever. Right. Um, if I would have been able to play layers or things like that, uh, you know, I think uh, that goes a long way uh, in today's game. Any chance that we're going to see, based on your son's age, another generation of Papineau coming through the O? You never know, right? I always told him, I said, you need to be committed. It, it's a long haul, right? And it, it's it's dad's done it. You want to do it, you got to put it in. You got to put the work. You want to do the shots and you want to do this. You know, I'm not going to jam it down your throat. You need to be able to self-motivate you yourself. Um, you know, I will give you all the tools you need to become a hockey player. Um, and, and that's for him to to figure out how much uh, he wants it, right? Uh, you know, yeah, dad played. Dad's great. Dad did this. But it's your now. You need to build your own reputation as a hockey player, as a, as a 12-year-old, and at one point, you're going to have to make that that tough decision is how much you want it inside, um, you know, is what's going to push you to be that next generation of, of a player, right, uh, at that point, right? So um, I will support him in all costs, but if he decides not to go down that road, well, just like everybody else, 
you know, there are a lot of other things in this world that you can do that'll make you happy. Um, that's for him to figure it out. What do you think of the game today in general? I mean, when you're, if I listen to other broadcasters, for example, I'm always picking up ideas or listening with a different ear because I've been doing this for so long. It must be similar when you're watching a hockey game as a guy that played it at the highest level. The game, you're not reinventing the game. You just, the game has changed as rules, as, 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 you know, as no more can openers and no more, you know, the playoffs a little bit story because you know what, it becomes a whole other beast, right. When, when playoffs come, right. But during regular season, uh, you know, with, with the amount of teams now and the, and the great skill players, which is what, you know, has changed a lot, right. You remove the red line and you remove this and you make the game a little bit less, uh, you know, not saying it, it, it was less, it's just there is no more cross checking. There's no as much, you know, hooking and slashing and getting your hands and hooking. I mean, you look back in the day and you can hold a guy from the blue line to the next red line and it was okay, right? You know, uh, the game is the same and there's, but there's tweaks to, you know, to the way you break out or the way the game is played in a certain area, right? And that has changed a lot where, you know what? It's a speed game. It's fun to watch. The the, the players are out there skating. They're hard. You know, it, it, it's not as 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 clutch and grab and tight. And and having that red line opens up the game a bit, right? You know, where before you couldn't make that blue line to blue line pass, right? That's a two line pass. So now, now that game is stretched out, where guys are able to run the, you know, they'll be able to get out of the zone without having to get crushed and and be and be in such a confined area, right? Where now you're, you know, and the players are, are so much more, you know, the sticks, the skates, the, you know, everything in today's age, right? Like you're not holding a two by four anymore, right? You're holding a stick, you know, and, and it, it keep getting better and the blades and this, this carbon blade and this, I can't even keep up anymore, right? Where, you know, my 12 year old's like, dad, I need this, I need that. I'm like, oh my God, son, like, no, it's going to cost me 16 grand just in equipment, you know, in one year, <laughs> Because there's no there's no limit of what what news coming out and what what to get that extra edge right so it's uh, you know um, like I said it's it's been fun to watch it in the last you know you know seven eight years of, of you know some high scoring games and some and some really some really high you know so this, this lacrosse you know that you know the Michigan move and the things that you know things that kids could do back then but we didn't we we were a little bit more hesitant of trying it knowing that, you know what, that, that fourth line might come out there and run us all game now, right? So, you know, those, those little things now that, that, are, that are allowed, which, which really shows the talent of the players um, and their creativity on the ice uh, nowadays is, is, is nice to watch. I hate the Michigan, just for the record. I know that makes me the old man. I get it. But call traveling or something in hockey. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, mean, I, I agree. If you can do it, at that high speed, sure, right? Were there guys, trust me, there was guys when I played too that can easily pull a puck up like that, right? But, you know, it wasn't as common as it is now. And, and like I said, you know, the, the the way kids grab their stick and the way they're out there and the way they're watching YouTube, uh, you know, and how to get better and, and how to do it and how to keep, you know, uh, figuring it out, uh, which, you know, uh, you know, I had to read a book to do that, right? So, uh, you know, uh, uh, like I said, right, it, it's it's... The movement's great. The the game's great. The, the scoring's good. It's fun to watch. Uh, you know, uh, today's game, would I have loved to play in? For sure. 
right uh, as not a big player and not a not a heavy you know uh, like i said at 5'11 170 pounds right uh, a little bit different game today than it was uh, you know 15 20 years ago right so yeah but like i but said if i watch closely enough will i see you at an ottawa 67s game do you still follow the o yeah, yeah, we went, we went a couple of times, you know, watching players now as, as Isaiah is getting a little bit older uh, and, and he's wanting to get out there and he knows all the players and he's, and he's out there trying to watch it, right? Which is now at that age, right? Uh, you know, uh, you know, my daughter, would she watch hockey? Yeah, she'll watch the Boston Bruins because that's her favorite team, right? But, uh, you know, if they're not on, you know, she's going to, you know, she might have a different agenda than the little guy, but, uh, you know, uh, she will watch some games, but, uh, you know, for her, it's, uh, you know, it's social, it's fun. Uh, you know, she likes the physical play. She likes to be able to, you know, even though there's no contact, but she likes to, you know, uh, be aggressive as, as, as a girl. And it, it's fun to watch, right? It's been a great, uh, great career for her. You know, it's coming up to an end because there's not much after this, um, which is a little bit saddening for her. But, uh, you know, now it's, it's Isaiah's turn to pay a little bit more attention and, uh, and let him uh, grow as a hockey player and, and as a young man, right? So, uh, you know, he's going to learn from his mistakes and uh, and guide him the best I can. You know, it is kind of sad that a, a young woman who loves the game kind of runs out of options at a certain age, isn't it? Like, I think we really need to, and we've talked to people beyond you and I have talked about this, but we got to grow the women's side of this game. Yeah, I mean, I feel, you know, everybody's in a hurry to get these young girls up and I feel women's hockey needs to be be a little bit transformed a bit uh, in, in the way it, it's it's ran and the way it, it's done. You know, we're, we're not taking 14 year old boys and putting them in junior hockey, but it's OK for girls while well, they're advanced. I understand that. But physically and mentally, when you look at a 14 year old and a, and a, and a 17 year old, uh, it's not the same. Right. And in, in the physical play and that and then. You know, you, you lose those those 17 year old girls because they're now getting replaced by 15 year olds. We're always in a hurry to to get them right. And I feel there, there needs to be a little bit better system growing up uh, for them. And, and we can see that game evolve. Right. Uh, you know, like I said, the, you, know, you look at, uh, you know, Team Canada's in the past, you know, the, the, the women aren't, aren't 16, 17, 18, 19. Right. They're you know, they, they're some of them are moms and they're doing a great job in the hockey career. Right. And and. Sometimes I feel like those, as you stick with it, I feel they get better, right? And the older they get and the, the, the things, you know, transpire a little bit and, and they become better hockey players. I feel a lot of them would have that longer longevity of playing. They become better hockey players than trying to push the kids out. Well, oh, they're old now. Well, they're 17, 18. They're not old. Where's the junior system to let them keep playing, right? To give them that opportunity, right? Which... You know, like I said, at 16, 17 years old, you know, most girls are either I'm getting a scholarship or I'm not. And then it's like, well, if I'm not, then I'm going to go have fun and play my last career, you know, my last days of hockey, um, you know, having fun. Right. But I feel, uh, you know, there's a little bit of things that they can clean up in the in the lower levels uh, to make it a lot better um, and keeping girls in hockey you know, it, it, there's a lot of girls that quit at that age just because they've been they've been replaced by a younger girl for for a speed up situation, right? But you know, I'll be careful what I say <laughs> just because you know I, I don't want people knocking on my door. Hey, I, I just feel like that's 
that's something that you know I went through a, a, as a as a hockey dad and, and being in it uh, with a kid who's you know uh, you know done a, had a, had a great uh, career playing hockey you know in in women's and you know she probably wouldn't change anything for it. She's had a lot of fun. She's met a lot of teammates that she'll probably grow old with and and have a, as as friends. So uh, you know what, uh, great for her and and like I said, um, you know she'll have no regrets playing hockey. Well, we'll be watching for that Papineau name to come back through the OHL. You never know. Boydie up there in Ottawa has a pretty good eye for talent. Might find something yeah. close to home. We'll see. But uh, this has I been do. a lot of fun sitting down with you. Thank you very much for making the time to join me. No, I'm. Thank you for you know for having me out here and and, and hearing uh, my side of the of my little OHL career. I, I appreciate it. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.